Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. It's the birthday of Stevie Wonder coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. In Louisville, Kentucky, Brianna Taylor was shot and killed by police looking for a suspect in the wrong apartment. Her family wants action. We'll talk with attorney Ben Crump. 
represents the family. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer joins me to talk about his call for national testing and the need for another coronavirus relief bill. Will the Republicans actually care enough to make it happen? In Marietta, Georgia, a police officer is caught on camera saying, we don't shoot white people. We just shoot black people. Wait until we show you the video. And we've been talking about the black digital divide for a long time. Now that the pandemic is forcing students to learn from home, what impact is that having and what are the solutions? Plus another crazy ass white woman wilding out because she cannot get her red lobster order. And we're joined by comedian Buddy Lewis. Yeah, he kind of funny. Then again, he is an Omega. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. As of today, the U.S., there are 1,423,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus. 83,000 people have died, almost 84,000. Uh, talk about, man, a stunning number. 306,000 uh, have recovered from the virus. Now, uh, lawmakers are still trying to figure out what they're going to do to help Americans. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York about the need for national testing and... What should be in a coronavirus relief package? Here's our conversation. Sir and Chuck Schumer, glad to have you back at Roller Martin Unfiltered. I went ahead and wore the Jackie Robinson jersey since you're from New York. So I went ahead and wore you that today. <laughs> I tried to get Jackie Robinson's home made a national landmark. You know, Branch Rickey had to send a white ball player to go buy the house because no one would sell to him in uh, the neighborhood near Ebbets Field. So let me get right, let's get right to it, what's going on right now. We have this constant back and forth going on uh, between Democrats and Republicans, coronavirus. You've got the president over here, what the hell he's talking about, talking about Obamagate, <laughs> all this sort of nonsense there. My folks, though, black-owned businesses, people out there who've lost their jobs, black unemployment, uh, sky high. Unemployment for everybody is sky high. Uh, now you have what the House is doing, uh, Speaker Pelosi, uh, for a, a new bill. Now you got Republicans who all of a sudden now care about the deficit, but not when they had the tax cut. Where, we, where are we moving towards, again, additional help for uh, the American people? Well, listen, Roland, the crisis is the greatest crisis we've had in decades. People are losing their homes. You see cars lined up for miles to go to food banks. People who've never had to go to food banks before. People are losing their jobs. Small business people who have struggled to create a business are losing them. And our Republican friends say, oh, there's no immediate need. Let's slow down. Well, the last person who said slow down, you may remember, was Herbert Hoover. When the market crashed, he said, let's leave it up to the private sector. And it got the Great Depression. If we don't move these guys, things are going to get worse and worse and worse. People are hurting. 
Minority communities have been hurt more than any other. And these guys are just twiddling their thumbs. And we are fighting them hard. We need public pressure to tell that we need help. We need help to people who might be kicked out of their homes to get help so they're not. We need help so that families can feed their children. We need help so that if you're unemployed, you can get your full, full salary. We have all these things in the bill that we just put together, and we need to push our Republican friends to move really hard. And I'll tell you another thing we need that this president's been totally derelict on, testing. If we don't get good testing, other countries have done so much of a better job than us. And if we don't get good testing, this crisis is not going to go away. Georgia, the governor there, opened up all the stores and shopping centers. You know, no one's showing up because they don't want to get COVID. But if we could test everybody like they've done in many, many places or tested just about everybody, then you'd know who had corona. They could stay in their homes. Everyone else could walk the streets, go to the stores, keep their jobs. This administration has bungled this. We all heard Trump says it's a hoax. Trump says it's not going to matter. Bunk. And now he says everyone who wants a test can get one. Your listeners cannot get a test. If you're in the White House, you can get a test. Average folks can't. So we need a lot. We have so much to do here um, on testing, on helping people get back on their feet. Uh, our, our pandemic unemployment insurance pays for your full, full salary while you've lost your job at least till july 31st and in the new bill we hope to move it till december 31st we've even put money in in the last bill for churches the ministers came to me pastor richardson reverend sharpton mark morial of the urban league and they said you know the churches do a lot of the social services they're going to go broke there's no collection plate we put money in for them as well we got to get this money that we've done already put out we need a much bigger bill a big, strong bill for all of these problems. And we will fight the Republicans tooth and nail till we get it. You know, last time, Roland, McConnell, the Republican leader, resisted. We held out. Our whole Democrats said, we're not letting you roll us and do just something for the big corporations and nobody else. And we won. We got many of the things we wanted. We're going to do the same thing now. They're now saying, oh, we don't need to do anything. There's a deficit, as you properly said. They didn't mind $2 trillion of deficit to go to the big shots, the big corporate shots, who then use the money for stock buybacks, not for helping their workers. We have so much to do. But if your listeners start calling their senators and getting all their friends to call their senators, particularly the Republican ones, and say, get this bill done, America's in crisis, we can get it done again. What, 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 where I sit, what, what, what I still just don't understand what the issue is, is how you do not have uh, a, a central understanding of the whole process. Yesterday, I had the, the president of the National Funeral Home Directors on. He said, we're the last responders. He said, we have no PPE. Uh, we're dealing with people who are taking care of bodies that also have coronavirus. And he said, we're scrambling for PPE. Yet, White House says one thing, oh, we got PPE, oh, we got testing, Bunk. we got more masks and ventilators. What, what, what I'm just trying to understand, and now you're talking about opening up states, now you got businesses, what are they going to do when it comes to masks and PPE? And so it seems to me that, that you don't have a real understanding and assessment 
of where we are as a nation in terms of what are we going to need in terms of hospitals? Like, we got a call last night where they're sitting here rationing a mask at Grady Hospital in Atlanta, but the White House says, hey, hospitals got everything that they need. I, I'm, well, I, I just don't understand what's going you're on. You're on the money. This White House does not know how to administer. And what Donald Trump does is he thinks by saying there's not a problem, there's not a problem. You know what he said two months ago? Every American who needs a test can get a test. He's saying every American who needs PPE can get it. Totally not so. And the problem is there's no one there implementing the laws. We put in some real money. We put in a set aside for minority businesses, $120 billion. I was just on the phone with the Minority Business Coalition. But the administration doesn't even try to get the money out, doesn't try to get the I have never seen such incompetence, such incompetence in the face of a crisis. And I'll tell you something else. The people, the president's afraid of the truth. Finally, yesterday, Fauci, you know, he went before the um, uh, Senate committee and he told the truth. He said, we're not ready to go back to work and we will have another crisis. But Trump muzzles him all the time. That's why we wanted him to come to a hearing. And Leader McConnell, if you looked on the Senate floor today, you wouldn't even know there's a crisis. We're not doing a thing about COVID on the floor. Nothing. And so we are keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. I know you are on your show. I know that the American people are, and we will get the dollars that are needed. And then we got to push the administration to get the money where it is needed We're because they are right. totally derelict. If other countries, other countries have dealt with this problem so much better than us. We're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. We're not even close compared to South Korea or Germany or New Zealand or Hong Kong or Singapore. They've all done a much better job than we have done. And it's because this administration is incompetent and afraid of the truth. They're afraid of Donald Trump. You know, he says something. It could be totally false. And many of the people in the administration are afraid to tell him that's not true, Mr. President. We don't have PPE. We don't have testing. Small businesses aren't getting the money they need. Do I, I did have to ask you this question. I know you have to go, and that is you have, you have uh, Majority Leader McConnell, who's made it perfectly clear they're going to push through as many judges uh, as they want to. Uh, they're even saying, hey, a Supreme Court vacancy will fill it. Uh, it is abundantly clear that you're dealing with folks who are hypocritical, how they screwed over President Obama and Merrick Garland. I made the point very simple. If Democrats regain the United States Senate, pick up four seats this fall, the attitude of you and other Democrats should be, Here's a hand. I don't want to hear anything from y'all. We're going to confirm whoever we want to confirm. Forget blue slips and everything else because y'all don't care about process. I just, Democrats, we are gonna, if we should take be as back hardcore. the majority, we are going to pick the right kinds of judges and we're going to get them through and they won't be able to stop it. I agree with you. And look at this, just what you said. What do the Republicans in the Senate do? What does the president do? They come up with these crazy conspiracy theories about Obama or Joe Biden. There's a crisis in America, and they're talking about conspiracy theories, half of which were cooked up in Russia. It's unbelievable. I have never seen somebody in such an alternative universe as the president and his Republican followers. And it's hurting America every single day. Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, glad to have you here. And um, again, my folks uh, who follow us, they say we need help. Hopefully, Republicans uh, and Democrats can get together and give the American people what they need. And that is a well, we're waiting. We're, we're waiting for them and we're ready to work and get this done. Let's okay. hope they change their minds and work with us. All right. Senator, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Roland. 
All right, folks, let's introduce our panel. A. Scott Bolden, the former chair of the National Bar Association Political Action Committee, Law and Victoria Burke, National Newspaper Public Association, Mustafa Santiago Ali, uh, former senior advisor, Environmental Justice, EPA. Lauren, I'll start with you. The reality is uh, it's amazing how all Republicans now care about the deficit, saying, how are we going to pay for this stuff? Uh, I haven't heard these Tea Party people or these fiscal hawks say a damn thing about the deficit in three years since Trump has been in office and they've been in power. Now they want to bring it up. Yeah, so it only took, I guess, 80,000 people dying in a worldwide pandemic for them to care about the deficit. I don't know. They're bringing up the deficit now because they basically want to stop what Nancy Pelosi is going to try to do on the floor of the House on Friday. Uh, which, by the way, she may not <laughs> vote for, which is a three, $3 trillion package. Uh, unlike the other package that she she did, you know, some weeks ago, there was bipartisan support. There isn't for this. So it's going to be sort of interesting to see what the co conversation, the argument is going to be. Uh, I, I think the Republican Party is starting to realize that they're in danger of losing the Senate, which they are. And uh, they're going to try to, I guess, court the base on the money piece, on the deficit piece, in an attempt to hold on to the Senate. I think that's what this conversation's about. I think that they've already assumed that, that Donald Trump is is uh, in huge trouble. Uh, you know, you can never predict what's going to happen six months from now. I think it's 175 days from now. But uh, he is in trouble. The, 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 the polling would indicate, obviously, these are national polls, so we can't, we can't be too serious about that six months out. But you know, in the situation that he's in, I do think we can pretty much bet that there's going to be some trouble for the Republicans to hold the Senate. So I think that's why they're bringing up the deficit argument. But here's the thing, Mustafa. They can bring up deficit argument. I got no issue with that. I'm not saying let's run up major deficits. But here's the deal. It's a bunch of people in Trump red states who are broke as hell. See, they can try to keep trying to spin this thing as well. It's only, you know, left coast, uh, west coast. It's the blue states. Mm-mm. Broke white people who are Republican voters are uh, also being impacted, and they're going to be looking for Congress to step up as folks have been impacted by this international pandemic. Well, yeah, I'm glad you raised that because, you know, I was raised in Appalachia the times that I wasn't in Michigan, so I know a lot about lower-income white folks and what they're currently dealing with, and they are pissed. They're pissed because many of them know that they can't afford the homes or the apartments that they're currently living in. And some folks are, you know, uh, getting kicked out. They're, they're pissed because some of them are also essential frontline workers. And, you know, because they are lower income, they're working in fast food restaurants and, and other places that are helping to, you know, provide some of the needed things that folks are looking for. And, and they're also pissed off because, you know, they themselves often have a hard time finding uh, food and other types of things. So he has actually forgotten a part of his base and it's going to come back to bite him. So, uh, Scott, go to you. Bottom line is what we're dealing with is a financial calamity and people need help. And they're looking to Congress and the White House to help. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the other thing is is you're absolutely right. You know, they fooled, the White House and GOP fooled poor white America. Those top 10 states are red states who get the most public benefits, not urban America. And so out. now with COVID and them cutting off the money, they need a boogeyman. They need to blame somebody, the Democrats, 
in order for these these poor white voters to continue to stay with the GOP that has never been uh, a party of their interest. And so when they look around for somebody to blame, they've run out of boogeymen. And so the voters, those poor white voters in Appalachia and other poor uh, parts of this country say, well, who are we going to blame? Well, you can't blame Barack Obama for this. And that's where the angst is going to come from. Um, All right, then. So so here's the deal. Liberals are now saying that the bill is not strong enough. Um, they're, they're, Lauren, they're saying Pelosi, uh, she's just falling for the GOP okey-doke again. But look, the reality is here. Republicans control the Senate. In order to get a bill, you're going to have to do something that appeals to the other side. But what do you make of them saying that the bill is not progressive enough? They're actually correct. <laughs> so, so there are some things that could have been mandated in the bill that was were not mandated in the bill. I actually think you should start big. Uh, you should start big and then go from there when you quote negotiate with Mitch McConnell, which is of course you know in fat quotes because there is really no really no negotiating with Mitch McConnell. But but I do think you should start really big. And I think the complaining has been that she did not really whip properly, involve everybody that needed okay. to be involved properly well, in the is conversation. This, this is a new I some thousand words and nobody's yeah, read no, no, no. it. That's the old one. I just I bought that one. yesterday and now they're supposed to vote on it, you know, Friday. So that's that's a problem. Uh you know, I, I think she I think the, the, the left wing does have a point, but the, the fact of the matter is there does need to be some But Lauren, why doesn't she just go big? She's got nothing to lose. She's got the votes. She's got the votes in the House, but of course she doesn't have votes in the Senate. And of course the president has to sign it. Remember with the other bill, Trump did come out and say, look, I am going to sign this. And that's where the conversation sort of started. You know, he wanted that bill. So McConnell was out of the way. You don't have mm-hmm. that. You've got to get it through your caucus, which, by the way, she may not have the votes in the House. So that's yeah. another hey, hey, Roland, here's a question. Where are they getting all this money from? I mean, it's almost like a bottomless pit. Are they just printing money money. or do they have a backstop for it? They can print. That's what they're doing. They're printing. They're They're just printing money. money. That's right. (laughs) The Treasury is printing money. I mean, that's that's the advantage that that the federal government has that the states do not have. They can print more money. But doesn't that lend to inflation and all kinds of other economic and financial risks for the country long term? Right. It does but, cause inflation after a while. But uh, for right now, everybody's in such a panic. Obviously, this is an unprecedented, unprecedented situation with 80,000 people dead. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised they got the Republicans to do as much on the last bill. I was so okay. impressed by that. But, right. but that, some, right. some but that, of that is that the November 3rd issue. No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, regardless of how they're printing the money, the reality is, is that people are still hurting and they can't print enough money to support these people uh, who are hurting and losing jobs. I mean, people are being furloughed. They're being laid off. The jobs report for next month uh, and the amount of uh, employment claims for this past month are going to be overwhelming. Sometimes I think you can't print enough money for that, Lauren. Look, here's a deal. Well, you here, know, no, you here, 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 here's the deal. Republicans, <laughs> here's, here's, here's where Republicans are going to be in trouble. They control the White House. They control the United States Senate. And as long as if unemployment is continuing the way it is, the reality is here, because of testing, people are not are going to be running back out there trying to go back to work. 
You're going to continue to have these promises. And look, you can, you, can, you can open the doors. You can bring in these businesses back. But if customers don't show up, if people, exactly. if people don't go to restaurants and bars right. and movie theaters, if they're not going to places that you're opening up, guess what? The businesses are going to be pissed off saying, wait a minute, I got nine people on my payroll. I got no customers coming in. I'm not going to lay them off. I got to shut my doors. And so Donald Trump can try to play this Obamagate. Oh, is everything else in the world? No, player, you said I'm the only one who can fix this. That's right. Now He's run out you. of boogeyman. Right. He's run out of boogeyman. I mean, I mean, he now look now he done went back. Let me blame the black guy, Mustafa. <laughs> let me let, let me now he tried to Obama gate and he's trying to all bring up Russia again and Ukraine. No, player, this one's <laughs> on you. That's right. When, when you look and you see that you're sitting on your couch because you don't have a job, when you open up your refrigerator and there's no food in there, when you go to put the key in the lock and the door no longer has the, the lock that when you left, you are they the one the locks responsible. On exactly. I, I, I want to go to the next story. First of all, I saw it as a piece today in the, in the um, New York Times. They were talking about how all these Democrats are wringing their hands about Joe Biden. Oh, my God, he's not doing this. And what is he doing? And he hasn't hired enough staff. And look. The one, the one thing I will agree with, they said, uh, Joe Biden needs to fire his technical team. They suck, okay? That, that, that town hall they had last week in Tampa was absolutely atrocious. Here's the deal. We do a show every day, okay? Mm -hmm. we, occasionally, we'll have audio issues, video issues. They had audio, video issues the entire uh, 50 minutes. I mean, it was just awful. And so I don't understand. I, and I look, my deal is like, y'all, go hire people who know how to do television. Maybe they got engineers trying to sit here and run, run uh, an actual mm -hmm. show. But this is actually a, a show here. Well, I don't understand, Scott, with these, with these idiotic Democrats. What the hell can Joe Biden do? He can't. I, I mean, all Joe Biden can do is sit in his damn basement and run a digital campaign, period. All he, all, he, all he needs to do, it's on a silver platter. He's not short of money anymore. Hire the people, do what they're supposed to do, and demand excellence. How hard can that be? He's running against Donald Trump. The, but, but see, the, 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 the thing here, Mustafa, that I, I'm just not understanding uh, with these Democrats, first of all, Okay, one of y'all need to go, who's that, Amazon at y'all door? When go answer the door, Scott. <laughs> Scott, you need to learn how to get you to ring on your phone so you can talk to him and say, hey, I'll be right there. All right, y'all, so here's the deal. Look at Scott. Y'all turn Scott's microphone down. He over there trying to cuss somebody out. All right, Mustafa, here's the deal. This To me, this is real simple. This is real simple, okay? Nobody has ever had to run for office dealing with this here. No one has tried to run for office where you're confined to your home because of an international pandemic. And the reality is, yeah, for long as Joe Biden didn't have money. But if you look at where polls are right now, you look at where the country is, this race right now is in Joe Biden's favor. So it's not like he's down in a whole bunch of places and he needs to play catch up. This is the opportunity for them to methodically build, look, you're not going to run a campaign for six months. Joe Biden, at best, is going to have a 90-day campaign. And so this thing is really going to, to me, is going to kick off in August. 
you ain't going to see big rallies in June and July. No, I agree. I mean, you know, now it's game time. It's game time for him. So that means that you surround yourself with the people who have the expertise to make sure that things go off without a hitch. You surround yourself with the folks who, you know, the producers who know how to put together, you know, the presentation that you're sharing with the country. And then you have the responsibility of helping the, conf helping the country to know and have confidence uh, in your leadership. And that means just giving out a clear and concise message and making sure that you have the platform to be able to do it. Uh, and, and, and so, Lauren, again... <clears throat> This political hand-wringing, it always drives me crazy. Uh, the New York Times story said that, you know, Biden people were all pissed off at David Axelrod because he criticized their virtual town hall. It sucked! It was trash! <laughs> I'm like, don't get mad because your town hall sucked! Fix it! Yeah. I think I caught some of what you're talking about, uh, Roland. Uh, there was a really good article on the Biden campaign in the New York Times Magazine, I think it was last weekend, on this entire thing on how the campaign's being run and where the consultants are. Apparently, all this video is being run out of, out of, out of actually Iowa. <laughs> He's sitting, of course, in his basement in Delaware, and stuff is being run out of Iowa. But let's be uh, real. Obviously, it's 176 days, 175 days away. He does have some time to cover. He has to completely reorganize the structure of the campaign because, as you have already brought up, Roland, this is going to be unprecedented. You're not going to have events. You're not going to have travel. Some of the expenses that you have with the in-person uh, travel and the flying around, all that, all that's gone for at least probably another two months. What I predict will happen is that Donald Trump will get out there and try to do an in-person rally, and then the Biden campaign will feel the pressure to do the same. Uh, and they will probably have in-persons in another probably 90 days or so. But I think technologically, he'll fix that. That's not a, a, a difficult fix, quite frankly. He'll hire no. the right people. I, look, 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 no, no, here's why, here's why, here's why I keep saying I, I don't know, okay? <laughs> this ain't the first technical screw-up they've had. And look, y'all... And, the th and here's the deal, okay? Uh, and I think I'm uh, playing it. Uh, let's see here about we the video even shows up. Uh, because it was, it was like, off. Like, at one point, y'all, they even had, let me see if I can get to it, uh, like, Charlie Chris was just sitting there, and then they go to him. Matter of fact, Anthony, go to my iPad. Uh, and, and Charlie Chris, uh, uh, so Charlie Chris was just sort of like sitting there. First of all, let me tell you what the Biden people just did, okay? I'm going to show you what they did. I'll give it to them. Like, if you go back, watch this here. Go back this here. So here's what they did. This video you watching, this is the edited video. This is not the actual video that actually aired. First of all, that was a 50-minute video. And then what happened was when they cut to Charlie Chris, he was just sitting there looking at the camera for about three or four minutes. He wiped his mouth, whatever the heck. Then it was kind of like, oh, go. Then it went to him. All right. So what the video you're seeing was actually edited. Okay. And so I get it. But the reason I keep saying this here is this is all you got. There are people right now who are doing what we do on Instagram, on Facebook, and is actually working. I would say that Joe Biden's team, y'all got to step this thing up because if this is the only way you can campaign, you can't screw this up because it further enforces the, it actually reinforces the notion, oh, we got a bumbling idiot who's running against Trump. That doesn't <laughs> look good for a 77-year-old Joe Biden. I'm just, I'm just serious. It doesn't. I mean, I'm sorry. 
actually, I predict that it will definitely get better. But, you know, obviously they went from in-person to all the advanced teams, all that stuff, to now everything is virtual, everything is sitting, or everything is a two-shot, you know, a two shot, you know, with somebody on GMA. I mean, he just did Stephanopoulos the other day, obviously did Morning Joe. So he'll have to, you know, he's going to have to convert to what is an earned media campaign for the next 60 days, and I do predict it will get better. Well, I, 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 look, I, look I, I hope so. But again, if you look at the conditions right now, they actually favor Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so the conditions favor that. I, I still look, I get the whole deal with the campaign staff. But I'll be honest with you, Scott, what really needs to be the case here is that if you are the Democratic Party, if you're the DSCC, you're the DCCC, you're the Democratic Governors Association, you're Emily's List, you're Priorities Pack, you're all of these, these different people. What you should be doing is connecting with grassroots organizations to say, what are your digital plans to mobilize and organize? Because campaign is one thing, okay? They can respond to stuff. But you got to be able, if you can't go door to door and the normal things you do to attract the vote, that's what they better be doing. How are they putting money into digital platforms? How are they putting money in black digital platforms to reach your targeted consumer? So it can't just be, well, the campaign infrastructure, the DNC, as well as these other groups have better be saying, wait a minute, what we normally funded on the ground stuff, no, you can't fund boots on the ground. You now gotta say, where can I reach people who are reaching people via email, via text, via live streaming, via all kinds of different uh, uh, ways technologically? Well, the boots on the ground have got to be virtual now. Because remember, there's only one fundamental rule to winning an election. You got to be able to count and get one more vote than the next guy. Okay, so we got COVID. So what you're really saying is they need to put boots on the ground, but virtually. And if you if you can't do a town hall meeting, I worry about the fact, can they do this virtually and count their votes? Three weeks to a week out, I'm sorry, three days to a week out, no matter how big a campaign is, your team ought to have a good sense where your votes are coming from, what your go TV is, and you got to get them out to vote and count your votes. Y'all ought to be able to tell you whether you got a good shot of winning or whether you're going to win hands down. And we got time to figure all that out. But he needs an A team, if you will. Roland, maybe you ought to submit a proposal to be the production company no, for Joe Biden and no, the Dems. No, no, and see what they say. No, I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what I'm doing right here. I'm good. I, don't, I ain't never worked for a campaign. <laughs> I don't plan on working for a campaign. Oh, but it does, just like just like Mustafa folks are like, man, why are you all bothered with bad audio in the versus battle? Because I can't stand bad audio. Mm -hmm. Damn it, I can't stand it on my show. If like it's a screw up, somebody getting cussed out. And I'm just simply saying, if you're running for president of the United States and your people don't know how to uh, uh, switch to somebody saying, hi, you're live, talk, guess what? You got a damn problem. Right. Pre right. Pre preparation, preparation, preparation. When Michael Jordan stepped onto the court, everybody knew their role. It had been run a thousand times for each one of the plays that was going to happen. And if something went wrong or, or someone moved out of position, somebody knew where else they needed to be. So there's no reason for anybody who's running for a major national office not to have that in place. And I just want to add one other thing to what we were just talking about. 
there still are a lot of black and brown organizations that are on the ground that are not receiving the funding, just like they have in the traditional set of campaigns, where they often get resources at the last minute and are expected to do miracles. We've got the exact same thing currently going on now. And a lot of organizations and youth organizations have expertise in actually being able to do things on a virtual platform. So I'm hoping that folks who are listening, especially if they're involved with the campaigns, will begin to reach out to those individuals and those organizations if they're serious about winning. Uh, I, and I'll just give just this one last thing to the Biden people. Okay. When you're having these live events, you need to have somebody who's a host. Mm-hmm. You need to have, you need, he needs to be treating these rallies like you do a broadcast. And that is, if you toss to somebody and there are glitches and it's bad audio, you bring it back to your host and then you stretch. That's what you do. That makes all the sense in the world. I don't understand. I'm telling you, the Biden campaign should be treating these virtual events like you do a newscast. Have you a host, the person who can toss and toss and keep the thing moving? Because just like this here, this show right here, uh, Scott, uh, when people were knocking on your damn door and you weren't responding, it was kind of like cut from Scott. We're going to move to uh, Lauren, go move uh, to, uh, to, to Mustafa. And look, that's, that's what you do. And so that's one thing they should do. But I'm just simply saying, you make your campaign look bad when you tout this big virtual digital rally. And then when they watch it, it's buffering, it's stammering, and you got this big old thing where Joe Biden's walking in with the a- aviator shades, and he goes, am I on, am I on, am I on? <laughs> okay, you make your candidate look bad. That's all I'm saying. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of cases, one out of Georgia, uh, where uh, they are uh, reopening a case. And wait till you see this, y'all. Oh, my God. Wait till I see this video, this white cop, making it perfectly clear. To white woman, baby, calm down. We don't arrest people like you. We arrest black people. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. White woman in Marietta, Georgia, Cobb County, gets pulled over by the cops. This action, this is not, this is not a practical joke. This is real dash cam video. Watch this. Scott. Wow. We only shoot, we only shoot black people. Wow. How? You know what, uh, Roland, I think I got, I got you. I saw, no, saw no, the video. No, you're here. Go ahead. Wow. Th- that he actually said that. As a professional, whatever your profession is, that that he should be fired for just being dumb and making dumb statements. I can do, live with him being a racist, but he shouldn't put that on us and put that on somebody in public. He didn't even know who that woman was, and he wasn't going to – and he admitted that. So that's what's in his head and heart. But I must tell you, as a former prosecutor, uh, I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of police officers around this country who really think like that. When they refer to black and brown defendants or people being arrested, they refer to them as dogs, uh, mopes, 
perps uh, in inhumane terms that now if they say that in the confines of the complaint office of the DA's office, what do you think they say and do and feel and how they perceive people of color in the public where where they're King Kong, that that they control the narrative on the street. There's a direct correlation between that. And so I'm not surprised uh, that he feels that way. I'm surprised that he said it, but he said it because he felt safe, because presumably the person he was talking to was white, and he presumed they felt the same way too. That is a crazy video, Mustafa. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Unfortunately, it's the reality that, uh, that all of us know um, is going on. Um, and it plays out in the numbers. We know that more people of color, black and brown folks, get pulled over for traffic stops many times for no real uh, justification or no real reason behind it. And then they continue to escalate in that situation. And, and when you do that disproportionately, that plays into why more folks are actually also getting killed. Um, and it goes back to the root of each individual. And unfortunately, and I have law enforcement folks in my family, you know, that there are those who believe that, you know, black and brown people's lives have less value, um, that we're more violent, um, and a number of other, you know, false facts. Lauren. Yeah, I mean, pretty amazing. You, you'd like to think that he was being facetious or he might have been joking, but either way, nope. it's not going to work. And I'm just glad to see that they decided to fire or they decided to recommend that he be terminated. Uh, look, I mean, to sit there and, uh, and again, you have the, uh, the sheriff going, uh, I don't know what's in his heart, but I know what he said. Uh, but and for, the, for you to say something like that, yeah, right. uh, trust me. It's exactly how you feel. And so that well, is uh, he just... He said that to comfort that white woman. Right. He said that to comfort that white woman. Think about that. Right, like, baby, we ain't gonna... Don't worry about it. We ain't gonna shoot you. <laughs> right, right. We ain't gonna shoot you. You're fine. We ain't gonna oh, shoot you. Uh, but again, but that's... But, 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 but that to come out of your mouth uh, speaks to exactly how you feel about exactly. black folks. It's mm -hmm. what it does. Mm -hmm. You make it clear how you feel about black folks. So, uh, folks, in about 15 minutes, we're going to be talking with uh, Ben Crump. Uh, he is representing the family of Breonna Taylor, the black woman uh, who was uh, shot and killed uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Still so many different uh, questions. Uh, why aren't those cops arrested? What's going on in that particular case? Uh, we will uh, talk to him about that. But last night... Uh, the mother of Breonna Taylor, she had a conversation on Instagram uh, with activist Tamika Mallory. Here's, okay, y'all don't have the video? All right, okay, well, let me know what's going on, and we'll, we'll play that uh, in a second. Uh, and so, uh, so we'll have that. But what's still crazy about that particular case, uh, Scott, is that the cops bust into the place, shoot and kill her. The boyfriend, her boyfriend, who they're not looking for, has a gun license, he fires back, they arrest him, and he's charged with attempted murder. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. And you hear about these cases all over the country. We hear about these cases all over the country where, where they go in, no-knock search, search warrant, and they go into the wrong apartment. It happens more than you would normally uh, think. But here, they didn't identify themselves, and there's this shootout, and I'm giving them... I'm giving them a lot of credit, but they, it doesn't seem like it was a shootout. And they shoot this young woman eight times, and she's in the bed. Now, he's got a license, 
for his gun. It's just a it's just a, a comedy of errors that ended tragically. It needs to be an investigation of it. And I got to tell you, everybody who was on that no knock warrant piece needs to be uh, needs to be retrained. Oh, by the way, before you retrain them, fire them. It makes absolutely no sense. And they went the wrong house. The liability is going to be in the hands or at the footstep or doorstep of that uh, police department uh, and that uh, city. No doubt about it. Uh, Lauren. Yeah, it's going to be another wrongful death payout uh, after a civil court losses, after a civil lawsuit. And yep. the cities have apparently accepted that cycle, haven't they? That they're not going to change any of their procedure and they're not going to change the way they do things. They're just going to start, they're just going to keep paying the money out. That's clearly been the the way that these that's things sad, are going to go. And, and it's that's a not good policy. policy. That's not good. And apparently, though, that's, you know, that's their thing, that we're just going to pay the money out and not. Uh, were, these, were these plain clothes? These were not uniformed officers? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the particulars in terms of uh, those officers, what they were wearing, how they were dressed. Uh, so it seems like that's another reoccurring fact on these stories that particularly the ones that are outside, not so much a no knock situation. But, you know, a lot of situations where undercover police uh, mm -hmm. have some sort of confrontation and there's no way that the person they were looking for could know that they were law enforcement unless, of course, they announced uh, and of course, they always claim that they've announced. But when somebody's coming up on you with a weapon in an aggressive manner, if you have a weapon, you're probably going to reach for it. So it, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. If you busted, you, if you busted, you if you busted my crib, I don't know who the hell you are. Right. It's a good bet. I'm probably going to oh grab my gun. Particularly in a yeah. jurisdiction where it's easy to carry and easy to own a firearm. Like Virginia. And remember, even if they don't have a uniform on, it's dark. It's at night. And though sure. the fatigues that they wear are dark, you come in with your badge, you announce, and, and you do the no-knock. It's just simple training. I've been on no-knocks in my legal career as a prosecutor, and I constantly had to remind the police who were going in, they were going in first, you've got to announce, right? And you got to look for weapons, but you can't go in guns blazing. And you know what? A lot of the police officers are just wired that that way differently versus cautiousness. Yeah, but we should also highlight the fact that there have been, I think it was three or four neighbors who said that, um, you know, they heard what was going on and that the police didn't announce that they were police. So that's, that's right. one. That has to be ground truth, of course. And secondly, going to Lauren's point, is that unfortunately in these payouts, they've been anchored to taxpayer dollars instead mm -hmm. of the budgets of the police departments uh, being responsible for these payouts and maybe even the pension plans that the police officers have. Maybe that would then uh, motivate folks to stop protecting uh, certain folks when they do negative types of things inside of our communities and other communities. I believe that, you know, on one side of the legal paradigm that, of course, we continue to work on the laws and, and push in that direction. But I found over my career, when you hit people in the pocketbook, sometimes that changes behavior faster than yep. all the other uh, tools that we've tried to utilize over the years. Hey, hey, Roland, one other thing. How hard is it to go to the right house if you, you've done a criminal investigation or a drug investigation? You've got to cross-check, double-check, quadruple-check. Do we have the right place when you're going in on a no-knock? It's not that hard. And police officers who have done this in certain departments 
who have failed at this and gotten into this situation, they now have new programs or new um, new rules where they're cross-checking up until the time they go in so that they have the right place because they've suffered. The city has had to be liable for these uh, awful, horrible mistakes. All right, folks, uh, going to break now. I told y'all we had uh, Mary Spiel with Seek.com uh, on the show. This Friday, they have a virtual comedy experience uh, featuring D.L. Hughley. It's called The Laugh Experience with D.L. Hughley. This is the, on the Seek website. So what's pretty cool about this, y'all, is this is this is one of the, uh, this is right here, the, um, the, uh, the VR headset, the virtual reality headset. And so what happens is you actually place uh, your phone, you actually place your phone on the inside of here. Uh, and then once you uh, download their app, then of course, when you put this on, uh, this is actually how it goes on. You actually put this on and then it takes you into their whole virtual reality experience. Uh, and what happens is it'll, it'll seem as if you're literally in the room with the comedians when they are doing uh, their comedy showcase. They've got D.L. Hughley, uh, 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 Chris Spencer, uh, Ryan Davis, Bo Audacious, and Clint Coley. It's the first of its kind, never been done before, a virtual comedy show on Seek.com, C-E-E-K.com. Again, you can watch on your phone, your laptop, uh, in virtual reality. And so, folks, uh, you know, there's a cost there. Go to it. Go to Seek.com. Uh, and again, if you want to watch it in VR, download the app, and then it's all you have to do is simply uh, download the app. And what you do is you can use uh, the code RMVIP2020. Now, here's the deal uh, you can also do if you want to actually get, and I told you, Mary, Mary was on. Uh, she's a sister. Uh, she actually is the uh, creator the, uh, of this particular VR headset. And so uh, these can be purchased as well. And then she also created uh, these headphones here, folks, that are absolutely amazing. Uh, and what she did is she created these headphones because she said out of all the headphones that were out there, they really didn't have uh, a headphone that was made for the virtual reality experience. Uh, when you put these on, when you go Bluetooth, it gives you uh, 360 degree sound. And so... Unbelievable uh, headsets uh, comes with also a mic, so a lot of people who are gamers can also put these headphones on. Now you know I love the fact uh, that uh, uh, the uh, VR headset and the headphones in black and old gold, my alpha colors. So you know how we roll, Mustafa. Scott lives upset, but he'll get over it. But y'all, uh, this is great. Again, if you if you purchase the headphones or you purchase the VR headset, I want y'all to use the promo code RM. VIP 2020, RM VIP 2020 uh, for the headset or even the headphones as well. And so that's seek.com uh, is a black owned technology company. So again, they have this great uh, virtual comedy showcase taking place on Friday featuring Dio Hughley, Chris Spencer and friends. And so check them out at seek, C-E-E-K.com. That's seek, C-E-E-K.com. Don't forget the promo code RM. VIP 2020. All right, folks, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the digital experience that our kids are going through right now due to coronavirus. And again, what educators are doing uh, to make sure that they are getting their schoolwork done. It's next, Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? 
youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, uh, we spend lots of time uh, on this show every Wednesday with our technology segment, trying to keep you abreast of the latest in terms of what's going on in technology. There are a lot of people out here, African-Americans and others, who are really, really involved uh, in uh, the technology space. And we've always had a digital divide, but the reality is that was the case when you talk about you know, Internet and desktops and laptops. African-Americans, we over-index, though, when it comes to PDAs, cell phones, things along those lines. Schools, uh, are, we're seeing what happens in schools when it comes to the challenge of being able to connect all of our students. COVID-19 has truly exposed uh, the problems there. And I've got a couple of schools, though, that are playing the role of problem solver. J Jessica Salcedo is an administrator uh, at uh, high school in Santa Ana, California. And Eric Colazzo is principal at Washington Leadership Academy here in Washington, D.C. So how have y'all dealt with this whole issue to ensure that your students are, are able to learn uh, as even in the midst of this international pandemic? Yeah, um, so ultimately, one of the things that we had to recognize at first was the idea that uh, the pandemic was going to affect our demographic of students uh, disproportionately. Um, our demographic of students is predominantly Black and Latino, and we also uh, have a majority of our students who identify within that free reduced lunch um, identification. So we had to really authentically ask ourselves, like, could we justifiably ask our students for undivided attention towards academics if their basic needs weren't being met? Um, so, I mean, if you think about it, like even Jesus fed the masses before he started preaching and teaching, and we had to do the same. So we identified what was within our locus control. Uh, we recognized that we could provide both direct food and also tech support. Um, and thankfully, we were already a one-to-one -one school that gave students Chromebooks that they could take home every single day. Uh, and we just made sure we connected them to food resources. We provided food directly. At first, uh, in the early stages, we gave them food and they picked it up from the school, but eventually we started um, going towards cash cards. Uh, and then with the technology, we, we just made sure that they uh, had functioning equipment. Uh, they were attached to either some type of Wi-Fi network with either T-Mobile hotspots or Comcast Essentials. And uh, we just had to really own up to the idea that the school is the heart of a community. And once we like own that idea and that role, we just acted upon it. Jessica? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'd like to add to that because what we found the minute we got that phone call, we knew the phone call that our schools were going to be shutting down. We knew the top priority was going to make sure that our students were connected. So what we did was we went into sort of an emergency mode um, in that moment. It was emergency. It was making sure we had an hour before the kids kids left us for the day um, for who knows how long? We still don't know when we're going to see them again. And so we just took inventory on how many kids had access. And then we made sure that we grouped them into groups with one adult on each campus to make sure that they were checking in with them on Monday morning to make sure what they needed. But what we found was is that this is just a short-term solution. Um, 
while our students, we've been delivering Wi-Fi to their homes, while we've been, I've been on phone calls with, um, with parents trying to connect them to two months free of Wi-Fi, we found that this is a short-term solution and we need something more long-term for our students to make sure that they have access. This is going to, this has been affecting our students long before the pandemic. It's just, our eyes are just more open now to what's actually happening. And then as we're watching this pandemic happen, it's even furthering the divide because a lot of our family situations are changing. Internet is being shut off. And so we're having to um, continually every week make sure that our students have access. And so um, that's just an emergency mode. But I re what I really want to have happen is for us to not forget that this when we move back into going back to school, not to forget what we're seeing right now, because although our kids will be back in school, they go home at night without that access. And then we expect them to come in to school the next day ready and prepared. Well, then there, there's, a, there's a divide there as well. And so one of the things that, that, that still jumps out is that these, these school districts obviously realize they got a problem, but how are they solving it? Um, what, what did you specifically see and how quickly did you move to say, we got to close this gap? Or otherwise the students are going to suffer. It was immediate. It was immediate. It was for us. It was the it was the most urgent, the most urgent issue. So what I did was I started reaching out to anyone and everyone, all the principals. I would I would DM people on 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 Facebook. I didn't care. I sort of took this scrappy approach of I just need to gather as many materials as I can at this moment. And now, since the emergency, it was it was a little bit of more to buy time because those two month free Wi Fi those those bills are going to come due. So I have to put a notice on my on my calendar to help those families then disconnect from that. So now what we're doing to say we need a longer term solution is saying, okay, now we've got to reach out to the government bodies. Now we've got to reach out to people and we've got to we've got to make sure that we don't we do not forget the situation that we're in right now. Just because we're 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 fixing something in the short term, we have to make sure that we are campaigning and making sure that um, something happens across all. So I think for our district, they're looking at providing access for all students 24-7 um, uh, if you're a student in our district. And that's what I want. Yeah. And uh, for us as well, I mean, one of the key things and one of the benefits of being a charter school was one of the, we just were able to immediately divert our resources and know that we needed to support our students directly and our families directly. Uh, so what we did was we created a COVID-19 task force early in late February. Um, we knew that we saw what was happening on the West Coast, and we knew that it was going to affect our students and it could possibly cause closure. So we started to send out surveys to parents, like what kind of needs would they have? We already had a list of students and families that were already at high risk. Uh, so we reached out to them for like providing services early. Uh, and then also we started doing inventory of like, what do we have? Like what in terms of like Chromebooks that were functioning, students that needed replacements. Um, and we put a plan in place early on so that when it actually came to the, the actual call saying we're stay at home, can't come to school, uh, students and families are already aware and full of staff are like the next steps that we're going to be taking for this uh, COVID-19 response. Uh, and obviously what we are now, like say we're in May. Um, mm -hmm. We've got folks so who are going to be, school's going to be out soon. So what is your advice to parents, to students, but also to educators how to prepare for the summer and then of course getting ready for the fall where we may be in the same situation come August and September. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, it, it's, it's really about trying to 
to to secure long-term long-term solutions to this. We can send students home with Chromebooks. We can say, okay, we're going to we're going to learn digitally and we're going to have the most awesome um, you know, online curriculum. But if our students don't have access to uh, to to Wi-Fi, which we're you know, we're finding is 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 a continual issue. It's not it's not something you can fix one day with one one solution unless we we really work hard to make sure that it's just there for them. So um, so I would say we have to come up with a more permanent solution. This this can't be um, something that we do an emergency situation and then we let it go. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also something that we've been targeting as well is uh, with our mental health and wellness team on campus, we've been providing resources for families to refer to and also been working with our students directly that need that additional support. There's a lot that's going on when it comes to like like pulling at our families and pulling out our students with when it comes to creating stress um, and it's to the point where it becomes toxic stress. And we've been just like doing our best to make sure that our students are supported in that sense of like knowing how to appropriately deal with this stress, how to cope with this pandemic. Um, but I think a lot of those resources also need to be diverted to families as well. Like our, you know, our wellness team is strong, but we also know that there's such a vast need for it that any other additional resources in that area is also something that we need to start addressing because these were issues that were affecting learning already and it was already creating challenges when we were in the building. But now that it's remote, it's even more exacerbated. All right, then, Jessica and Eric, we certainly appreciate the all the work that you're doing, and hopefully uh, our parents out there will learn something from this and know what they have to do when it comes to making sure the kid gets educated. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot. Folks, don't forget Saturday, National High School Commencement. XQ America is partnering with uh, entertainment networks all across the country, President Barack Obama, LeBron James, for this commencement. Check it out. High schools may be closed. Graduation ceremonies may be canceled. But we won't let that stop us. You through all old traditions, so are we. Join us on May 16th as we all come together. Say goodbye to the end of an era and welcome a new beginning with you at the center. It's time for America to celebrate and honor you, the high school class of 2020. And, of course, that's going to be uh, airing on multiple networks, and we'll be streaming it right here on our Roland Martin Unfiltered platform. Sorry, folks. Uh, that's what's happening. We told you about the Breonna Taylor story in terms of what is, what is happening there, and just a, a stunning story out of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where this sister took place in March in her apartment with her boyfriend. Cops come in, bust into the apartment, shoot her, kill her. Her boyfriend fires at them. He's a licensed gun owner. They arrest him for attempted murder on police officers. They were actually looking for someone else who was already in police custody. Family attorney is Ben Crump who joins us right now. Ben, uh, welcome back. This is, uh, you had a news conference earlier today talking about this here. The fact of the matter yeah. is, the fact of the matter is, this took place in March. Family filed a civil suit in, 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 in April. The cops involved, are they still on the force? They're still on the force. They're assigned to desk duty. That's it? That is it, Roland. And this uh, young lady, Breonna Taylor, for two months, 
Her mother and young sister did everything they could to try to get answers from the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department and to answer why was she executed in her own apartment by police officers who did not knock and announce themselves. She was an ENT worker. She made 911 rescue calls right alongside the police. So they just can't understand how this could happen to her. But when you look at it, so many more lingering questions come forward to want us to mention her name the same way we had mentioned Ahmaud Aubrey's name, Roland Martin. She, after they battled around her door, busting it open at one in the morning, her and her boyfriend Kenny are in bed. Kenny is a registered gun owner. He gets his gun thinking that their home is being invaded by burglars. They call 911, Roland. So we know what their mentality was. They thinking they're being burglarized. So when the person comes through the door, he shoots a shot, not knowing it's the police because they're in plain clothes and they never identify themselves. And once he shoots that shot, then, I mean, they have 25, 30 rounds come from the front door, from the back window, from the patio door. I mean, it's so reckless. They're shooting blindly into a dwellings, not knowing who's there. Her little sister lived with her. Had she been home, it would probably have been a double homicide. There was a next-door neighbor, a five-year-old daughter, sleeping in the bed. A bullet went in her room, and Brianna's body was mutilated with at least eight bullets. The funeral home director tells her mother it, they counted 10 bullet holes. And so it's just so tragic, and they still haven't gotten any answers until we started saying... We, if you ran for mod, you got to stand for Brie because our black women lives matter too in these police executions. Um, this is um, interesting because I thought the NRA defends legal gun owners. It's amazing how they've been quiet, not saying anything about this brother who was defending himself, defending his girlfriend, defending their territory. Absolutely, Roland. I mean, does the Second Amendment applies to African-Americans? I know Attorney Monique Pressley and I were talking about we got to frame that part of this tragedy, too, because all this brother was doing was trying to stand his ground, protect his woman, protect his castle. And for some reason, the police charges him with attempted murder, even though they're the only people who kill somebody and killing his loved one, his uh girlfriend, the person he was planning to spend his life with. And so you got him uh, home confinement in jail now while they try to distract and get everybody off focus the fact that they botched this execution of this search warrant because the person they were looking for, Roland Martin, was already in custody. That is uh, crazy. crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. Absolutely Any crazy. questions from Any panelists? Questions? Uh, Scott, Scott Bowden, you first. Hey, Ben, Scott Bolden here. Uh, unfortunately, every time we talk, at least on Roland's show, we're talking about another tragedy, or as you say, and have written open season on black people. Uh, I guess my question is, have you been able to investigate how many of these no-knock uh, search warrants they've executed where they have failed at going to the right location? Because in my opinion, that'll be relevant, probative, and material in regard to your investigation and the prosecutor's investigation. 
Absolutely. It's always good to see you, Scott. Um, my co-counsels in Kentucky, they have told me about the corruption that they have going on in the Louisville uh, Metropolitan Police Department, the fact that they have done these no-not warrants on black people uh, at an alarming rate higher than they've done them on white people in Louisville. So that's an issue we're going to look at. And then sure. the fact that they, uh, you know, they keep changing their story, Scott and Roland. At first, they came and they said, well, we knocked and we announced. Well, we went and got affidavits from three neighbors who live right there in that little section of the apartment complex. And all of them said, we never heard of anybody identify themselves as the police. And you know, they execute once in plain clothes. They don't have their police right. uniform on. So there was no way for Brianna and Kenny to know that these were the police. But now, since we called them out on that, Scott, yesterday they then acknowledged where it was a no-not warrant so we didn't have to identify ourselves. So which is it? Did you identify yourself or not identify yourself? And now that you have admitted you didn't identify yourself, why is it that Kenneth Parker is being charged for attempted murder unless you all are trying to distract us from getting justice for Breonna Taylor, the fact that this innocent young girl was executed and the fact that everybody to a one has said she was a wonderful human being who dedicated her life to trying to help others. That's why she wanted to be a nurse. And, th and those charges against her boyfriend are still pending because they're still, still trying to get their story straight. Because you know if they dismiss those charges against the boyfriend, then their case falls apart per se. They're holding exactly. on to him for that reason. Exactly. And that's how the drama is going to unfold, because you're going to have this criminal trial that you know going to have direct implications, uh, Scott Bolden, to this civil case, but more importantly, to these officers being arrested, because we just believe, had they just followed their own protocols and procedures, Brianna would still be right. living today. They could have called and checked to see if they had the person in custody. Their policies say that's what you're supposed to do, especially after you get ready to execute something as dangerous as a no-not warrant. Yep. Lauren? Yeah, Ben, how you doing? It's Lauren Burke. Um, what do you Lauren. mean the person that they were looking for is in custody? How did they not know about that? Can you talk more on that a little bit? Certainly. The person they were looking for was in custody he was a low-level drug dealer, which uh, it still boggles my mind how they get these no-knock warrants on people who are selling marijuana and these little uh, low-level drugs, but they can convince them that our people are always so violent and the judge got to throw away our constitutional rights. So they had him in custody for about four <coughs> or five hours. He was the primary suspect uh, on the warrant. And then they had four other addresses where he might possibly be. He dated her almost three years ago. They had moved on, but yet, after they had him in custody, they still wanted to battle ram her door down. And when you think about the fact that she's never committed a crime in her life, Kenny has never committed a crime in his life. He worked at the post office. She worked at two hospitals. This was this young black couple trying to make their way in the world. And this judge signs this order saying, uh, with every other known address,
you can have a no-knock, and the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department, even after they got him, went to her property and knocked in the door as well. And so it makes no sense. They're not giving any answers. And the warrant is so vague. When you look at it, you have to ask the jury who's listening to this case, is it any black person that this man has ever known that they had the right to then just go blow their doors off and come in with blazing guns? Because that seemed to be the case here while Breonna Taylor was killed. Uh, go right ahead, uh, Mustafa. Yeah, hi, Ben. This is Mustafa Ali. Thank you for everything that you continue to do to protect our communities. Uh, quick question, what can we do uh, as everyday folks to, to support uh, both, you know, what's going on with Brianna and yourself? Well, the biggest thing, that's a great question, Mustafa, because the biggest thing we got to do is bring national attention so they know it's not just Brianna's mother, Tamika, and little sister, Janiya, who are demanding justice. We got to call the Commonwealth attorney, and I'll make sure I get that number to Roland Martin and blow him up because, remember, he's over both cases, Scott Bolden and Lauren. He's over the prosecution of Kenny Parker, the boyfriend, and he's also the, uh, the determining by agent who is going to determine whether those officers should be charged or not. So we got to make sure we blow his phone up, his email up, and tell him he got to do the right thing. The other thing we got to continue to do that has been done is blowing the mayor up and the police chief up. The mayor's a Democrat. The governor of Kentucky is a Democrat. The governor came out today and said that we have to strongly consider moving this from the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department because they should not be able to investigate themselves when they kill this young lady. The other thing this uh, governor is trying to decide to do is whether to appoint a special prosecutor, since there is an inherent conflict, if he's going to prosecute Kenny and then decide whether to prosecute the officers. What's he waiting on? It's been What's two months. What's he waiting months, on? And I think until we made a stink about it, they were going to sweep it under the rug. They weren't going to do anything. The police union was all, I mean, just uh, proclaiming this is disgusting that this judge, Olu Stevens, dare let this uh, person who shot at the police and grazed his leg be let out to home confinement uh, because of the coronavirus. They wanted him, even though the coronavirus was going on rolling, to stay in jail. But that's what they're trying to do to divert all the attention from everybody. All right, then. Uh, again, I still want to know, where is Dana Lash? Where's Colin Knorr? Where is all, where are all these NRA people uh, saying how that it's wrong that this brother is being prosecuted for being a legal gun owner? Hmm. Amen. Where they at? Amen. Martin. Amen. All right. All right, Ben Crump, we certainly appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much. Folks, if uh, you stand for mod, stand for brief. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ben Crump, Ben Crump, we'll chat with you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you, brother. Folks, this just in pretty stupid. Uh, yesterday, Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci testified before the Senate, and he talked about schools. He talked about how it might not be a good idea reopening schools because of coronavirus. Well, idiot just was asked about this at the White House. Watch what this fool said. Dr. Fauci is playing both sides. Are you suggesting that the advice well, is given to you? I was different? surprised by his answer, actually, uh, because, uh, you know, 
uh, it's just, to me, it's not an acceptable answer, especially when it comes to schools. The only thing that would be acceptable, as I said, is professors, teachers, etc., over a certain age. I think they ought to take it easy for another few weeks, five weeks, four weeks, who knows, whatever it may be. But I think they have to be careful because this is a, a disease that attacks age and it attacks health. And if you have a heart problem, if you have diabetes, if you're a certain age, uh, it's certainly uh, much more dangerous. But with the young children, I mean, uh, and students, it's really, it's uh, just take a look at the statistics. It's pretty amazing. Mr. President, businesses are concerned. I'm sorry. Lauren, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Donald Trump, who don't know jack about infectious diseases, <laughs> is trying to say, is trying to tell Fauci what he should say. So the, the clueless one, the man who said, let's drink some disinfectant or shoot right. the light on the inside out, we, we should believe that fool over the man who's been doing this for more than 40 years. That, did, did, I, did, I miss, did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, because the problem, of course, that Trump has is that Anthony Fauci is not only a doctor, he's not a participant in the PR strategy of Donald Trump. He's, he's an actor in the game of actually telling the truth and trying to save people from being infected by coronavirus. So that makes him an outlier right there. Yeah, I've been on a few of the calls that they've had at the White House where Fauci's been on there and he's had to talk in code because he knew that he couldn't really outwardly say what he really wanted to say, but everybody could figure out what he was saying nonetheless. You know, you're either going to have to choose with Donald Trump between telling the truth or playing political stupid games so that he can prepare to get you know, back into office, to sneak back into office in November. And Fauci is not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So I'm just waiting for the moment where Trump finally realizes this and fires him, which actually I think would be good for Fauci and the rest of the country, because then Fauci can speak freely to everybody about what's going on. The only thing that's tethered him a little bit, and he's really not that tethered, but he will be completely unleashed if he's a private citizen. He just get on MSNBC and everybody else and Roland Martin unfiltered and talk about what he really wants to say. Scott, uh, here's what your boy Tucker Carlson said last night. And, and you notice how all of a sudden how the right, how they're attacking Fauci, probably because his approval ratings are far higher than Donald Trump's. Listen to Mr. White Privilege himself. This the guy into whom you want to vest all of your trust. Is this the guy you want to chart the future of the country? Maybe not. This is a very serious matter, the decisions we're making right now. Tony Fauci has not been elected to anything. He's had the same job for nearly 40 years. That means the majority of American voters never even indirectly picked him for the role he has now. This is not the result of any kind of democratic process at work at all. Yet in the last four months, Fauci has become one of the most powerful people in the world. And some, particularly in our media and in our Democratic establishment, are clamoring to give Dr. Fauci even more power. Why? Some people seem to think he should be dictator for the duration of this crisis. That's insanity. 
Fauci, like every other human being, is flawed. He says things that are wise. He says things that are profoundly silly. He's not, and no one is, the one person who should be in charge when it comes to making long-term health recommendations. This guy, Fauci, may be even more off base than your average epidemiologist. Plenty of doctors, by the way, think it's time for most, even all of the country, to cautiously reopen. And they have a voice in this, too. They deserve one. But in the end, no appointed doctor should make the call on what our federal policy is. We elect leaders for that because we're supposed to be in charge of the country because it's a democracy. Remember NBC, CNN? Ned Ryan is the... Ah! Okay, Scott, first of all, let, let, let me unpack the sheer stupidity of Tucker Carlson. No, 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 let me go first. Okay, go ahead, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Dumb, dumb, dumb. What does the democracy and, and election electability have to do with the health, safety, and where, welfare of this country? If anybody should be a dictator and leading us through a health crisis, through COVID, through a pandemic, is the most qualified scientist or medical person who's been in office for 40 years, Tony Fauci. I'm not going back to work until Tony Fauci tells me so. Donald Trump would like to have be, be, for me to say that as an American and a human being, but I'm not, because he and his team have the most credibility. And I don't need politics in a pandemic. I need health expertise in a pandemic. So here's what I find. I, I just find it to be just quite interesting. And that is... Fauci never said, I'm the guy. <laughs> All the hell power rests in my hands, and I shall determine when the nation is able to open. He's, he's never said that. In, in fact, Trump can't do it. Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump stood at a news conference and said, I am authorizing the governors to decide when they should open their states. When he had no authority whatsoever to authorize <laughs> them to do a damn thing. Here is, here is the real deal here, Mustafa. This administration and the Republican Party and the state-run media Fox News they despise the fact that Americans trust Fauci more than the idiot Trump and the fool who refused to wear a mask, who now wears a mask, Mike Pence. That's first. Exactly. And here's what I find to be laughable. Fox and Friends, that airhead Ainsley Earnhardt and that airhead Steve Ducey, and that airhead, um, what's his name? Brian Kilme. They are on the air every day, bitching and moaning, we gotta open the state when their own network is closed. Okay, let me help all y'all who are watching. The very people who are bitching and moaning about how we need to open the state, uh, open the country, their own company is closed. Fox News doesn't plan to... Y'all, 
Ainsley, Brian, and Steve are doing the show from home. Don't you think you sound like a damn fool by yelling and screaming about what needs to open when your own bosses won't even open your building? Mustafa, this party, and that dude sitting in the Oval Office, they hate scientists, they hate science, and so the attack on Fauci is if they can destroy his credibility, then they win. The problem is the American public ain't buying it. Right, Dr. Fauci does everything based on science. He's told folks, you know, he doesn't get into the, you know, these policy conversations, these economic conversations. He's said on air numerous times, that is the expertise of someone else. I know science. I know public health. That's what I'm focused on. And I'm going to give you my best responses based on that. We know that since this administration has come in, they have attacked science at every possible turn. They attack science so that they can then manipulate policy and they can have policies that fit what their economic sort of paradigm is that they've been operating from uh, and, and trying to move forward. You know, when I resigned, I was very clear with folks that I felt that this administration was going to make more people sick and unfortunately more people were going to die. And I was thinking at that time in the environmental context of all the pollution that they were continuing to pump inside of our communities, which of course is, uh, you know, uh, connected to COVID-19 and some of the deaths that are going on. This administration is worried about two things. One, being reelected. And the second thing is making sure that those who have helped to support their campaigns on the economic side continue to benefit. And they're benefiting from the stimulus bills that have um, already been passed. And they're also benefiting by the rollback of many pieces of legislation. This is, uh, it's, it's laughable to me, Lauren, to watch how they want to dismantle and attack key people. That, that to me, is what I find to be laughable. And, and, it's, and, and to hear Tucker Carlson, I mean, we didn't elect him. Dude, really? I mean, first of all, if that's the case, we don't elect cabinet members. We actually don't elect the Secretary of State or the head of the Pentagon or we don't. I mean, that's how dumb the argument is. But then again, I mean, you want to talk about just dumb. I mean, there's nobody who's better at at how he still has a job than Mr. White Privilege Tucker Carlson, uh, who's just been canned from network after network, but they still uphold him as somehow a smart guy. Well, he fulfills a role. He fulfills a role. What they're afraid of is truth. They're afraid of reality. They always, as you said earlier, they invent a boogeyman, right? It was Hillary Clinton in 2016. Now they don't have anybody because they're in charge of everything. They're in charge of the entire government. I mean, they're in charge of everything, and of course, until 2018, the Democrats in the House. But now they can't create, you know, they can't create an enemy. And that's why the Republican, the current iteration of the Republican Party is completely vacant. They just have nothing. They have no policy. They have nothing to believe in. Everything is based on hating something. Everything is based on running against something. It's just this ever-revolving, never-ending cycle of having something to fight against. But you have to have that something. And that I don't have anything, because the thing that just happened that has precipitated the deaths of 80,000 people, over 83,000 people in this country, and counting, and now we've gotten estimates of 140 by August, 
what that was was a president of the United States who did not read his intelligence briefing in the back of December 2019, January and February. You, there's no running and hiding from that reality. There's nothing. Now they're going to try to blame Anthony Fauci. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. You can guarantee yourself, just as you said, Roland, the president noticed that poll that has Fauci over him, because that's the type of thing that always drives him crazy. The only other thing that drives him crazier... Way... Hold on. It ain't even close. <laughs> Fauci is way over him. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, way up there, and he cannot stand that. Because, right. of course, he's mm -hmm. a complete narcissist. It's all got to be about him, and it can't be about the reality of his massive historic, never-to-be-forgotten screw-up, right? To talk about vaping during the briefing where they were trying to tell him about COVID and how it was marching through China and, and killing people, right? You don't want to talk about that. And it's all his fault, and he's not going to be able... No amount of spin, no amount of the idiot Tucker Carlson is going to erase the fact that it is his fault primarily that this happened. When we look at the numbers in the other countries, look at the fatality numbers... They are nowhere near the United States. And there's a reason for that, because those countries, of course, prepared a lot sooner because their leaders sprung into action a lot sooner. It is Donald Trump, and he cannot run from it. And he's going to pay the price in November. Well, I, I, just, think, I just think it's, it's just... It's, then Here's what gets me, that, what I find to be hilarious as well, folks. Oh, he was wrong. Okay, let, let's just be real clear. These... Scientist, with their job is, I mean, this is not hard, okay? It's just like when I look at meteorologists. You take a set of facts and then say, this is what we are projecting if these things happen. And then what you then do is you continue to watch that and then you see how that evolves. And then all of a sudden, if certain things are happening, these are the people who are going, well, I understand. Y'all said a million were going to die. Yes, a million were going to die if we didn't shut things down, if we didn't wear masks, if we didn't wash our hands, if we didn't use Perel. Yes, 1.1 to 2.2 million were going to die. But then when they kept saying mitigation, 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 that was the whole point. They are still holding on to, but no, 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 you said 2.2 million were going to die. Yes, idiot. If we did not do these things, that was going to happen. I mean, and so it, it is as if they would rather see the 2 million die <laughs> than be able to say, you know what? I mean, that, that versus saying, well, you know what? Y'all were right. If these things didn't happen, okay. I mean, that's what's crazy to me. That was absolutely illogical to me, and this whole deal of, and then the Rand Paul, uh, 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 like, you nobody, know, like, who are you? Who are you? You're just like one dude. Like, why are we listening to you? You got your ass whooped by your neighbor. We damn sure ain't listening to you. That sector yeah. of the Republican Party that you're talking about, Roland, has not been able to face reality since the election of Barack Obama. They embraced yeah, this strategy of not wanting to look into the uh, face of reality and truth since 2008. They just can't handle the fact that the world is changing, the demographics in the country are changing. Uh, and they put this idiot in office as the answer to Barack Obama, and now that's blowing up in their face. So it, it, it is not... 
it is inescapable. And like I said, it's not it's it's a reality that I think they're going to uh, pay for politically in a huge way in about 175 days. And, and they're massive liars, Scott. They're massive liars. Like no one. They left nothing. They left you a 69 page plan that you dumbasses didn't even read. Yeah. You know, I'm always amazed. This is the part I, that, that is really amazing. On top of everything that's been said, who's listening to these people on Fox News? Easy. Easy. Great. <laughs> oh, Scott, you know. You know. You, they call you. They don't call me because they know Tucker, Tucker ain't going to call me. Brett not going <laughs> to call me. Lord not going to call me. Uh, Martha, Shannon, none of them. No, no, no. Roland, every time I'm on Fox, I tell them to call you, man. Dog, they ain't called hey, you hey, yet? Hey, hell no. They, <laughs> it's shit, they, they, they damn near like, they damn near singing Eric Badu. You better call Tyrone before you call Roland. They ain't but, trying but, to do all that. But this is what we have to be concerned about. The people who are listening to them and, and believe they believe what Tucker Carlson says, which makes no sense. You don't have to have an IQ of 150 to know that what he's saying makes no sense. But 40% of America or the GOP listens to that, believes that. More people watch Fox News than any other network, cable or otherwise, in this country on a nightly basis. And, and, and what does that say about us as a country, let alone that part of the country that is completely... Uh, being uh, demagogued, if you will, or being fed lies through propaganda. That, that, that says more about America than it does about Donald Trump. And what does the GOP do after Donald Trump? How do they justify and reconcile what they did the four years that he was in? It's irreconcilable. And I don't know how they overcome that. Well, well it's, it's all by design. It's all, this is, people need to understand, this is all by design to keep... Their whole deal, the entire strategy here, Lauren and Mustafa, is to basically say everyone else is lying. Everyone else is making stuff up. Don't believe them. Don't talk to them. Just listen to us. Listen to us because we got it. And the, and the real deal is these crazy white folks. And I'm just, let, me just be, let me just be as real clear as possible, okay? Because the numbers are very small of black people and there's a little higher with Latinos. But what this is designed for is these white folks who listen to talk radio all day. They listen to Rush and Hannity and Savage. Listen to all these different people every single day. But see, even on this one, they won't listen to Michael Savage because guess what? He actually studied this stuff, and he kept telling conservatives, y'all are idiots. The thing is real. No, their whole deal is they worship one thing. The only God they worship is money. They worship the God of money. All they care about, money. You're costing money. It's the economy. Look at that fool Dan Patrick in Texas. Oh, I would rather give up my life to secure the future for my children. So, fine. You go kill yourself. Knock yourself out. But, <laughs> you know, my parents are 73. I would like for them to be able to live longer. But again, that's how these people think. And it's crazy, Mustafa. They're crazy. Yeah. And I mean, going back to Scott's point, revisionist history, that, that's how they deal with the situation. They continue mm -hmm. to change the narrative each and every time, even when you have videotape uh, or you have hard facts. Folks just continue to do revisionist history. Um, and until we, you know, continue to make sure that there are platforms where people are actually getting <coughs> truth 
and information on a consistent basis. So again, I grew up in, in mostly in Appalachia. I remember when folks started buying up AM radio stations and they began to put out messaging that were played again and again and again and again. And that stuff starts to seep into you and you start to believe things that maybe you normally hadn't believed in the past. And that was a brilliant strategy from the Republicans and purchasing all of those entities. And, and they got Reagan to get rid of the fairness right. doctrine. Right. That yes. was the key. The fairness right. doctrine opened yeah. the door by yeah. getting rid of it for them to say whatever the hell they want to. And that's why, and I'll go ahead and say it. Look, when we were Tom Joyner, they were telling us about equal time and all the candidates and stuff. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? Them white conservatives don't care about equal time. Salem Radio don't give a damn about equal time. They, they ain't trying to put Joe Biden on Salem Radio. That's the game. That's the game. All right, y'all. Last one for y'all before I got Buddy Lewis coming up in a little bit. <sighs> y'all know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, y'all. Now, my wife really loves her some Red Lobster. Gabrielle Union loves her some Red Lobster. Then Beyonce dropped a Red Lobster line in one of her songs. But on Mother's Day in York, Pennsylvania, this white woman here, this Becky, this Karen, lost her ever-loving mind and almost got her ass whooped by Tiffany. Let's fight now. Anybody uh -oh. Call 911, somebody. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! I get out! No! Bad customer. You got people already waiting for three hours for food. 
right, so so Karen got a little physical, Lauren, um, with the staff there. When she swung on the sister, the sister's like, I'm about to whoop your ass. Now, what got me was all these fools standing there, when a sister named Tiffany snatched that wig, they start yelling, let go her hair. No, how about telling crazy white woman don't swing on people? Yeah, and you know what's even scarier? What was happening on the video before we start the video, and they're struggling at the door, but... You know, the bigger piece is it really is a shame in our country that people live such small lives that the biggest thing in their life is picking something up at Red Lobster. And even in the context of what we're going through now collectively with regard to the cabin fever that is clearly set in on everybody in terms of everything being disrupted, it's still pretty sad, right? The biggest thing in your life is that you cannot pick up a Red Lobster order without some major disruption and a major assault happening on camera. Well, well, your well, point is well taken about the sister. Like, you know, she gets involved, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, what know, is all this pushing but, and shoving, but now all of a sudden she does something, and now we have to have policing. But, right, you know, but, but here's, the whole, here's the whole deal for me, okay? Y'all roll a video while I talk over this. Here's the whole deal for me, Okay. Restaurants, Mustafa, are trying to figure out, look, right. spacing, staff, distancing. First of all, we don't know, her ass ain't got, Karen ain't got no mask on. Karen ain't got no gloves on. She take a shot at the sister. They holding the sister back. Then Becky gonna holler, I, I gonna call the cops. That was assault. Half of you swung first. That's called, like no, that's called self-defense when she snatched your wig. And so they acting a fool like this virus not real. No safe distancing. And look, if, first of all, I ain't waiting no three hours for no damn Red Lobster. <laughs> right. Okay? And yep. Mustafa, this is all about understanding that, look, you got to be patient, but you heard the people yelling, we out here waiting. Take your ass home and cook then. That's what I was thinking. Everybody got an electric or a gas stove or you got a grill or whatever it might be. So you need to actually utilize that, especially in this time. The other part of it is, is, is privilege and, and how it continues to play out on exactly. the camera and off the camera, where folks think that they can say and do whatever they want because of their privilege, and it gets checked. Um, and she's just lucky it wasn't in Anacostia or, or a number of other areas that I could call out where she may have gotten a, a completely different uh, result um, if she found herself in that situation. And this is the, the problem I have, Scott, the biggest problem I have is, is that these people, they treat workers like this lower than dirt. Now, let me be real clear, okay? I can't stand bad customer service, Okay. You act a fool and you nasty, and I'm just going to tweet, tweet about your ass and the company going to be hitting me up in no time at all. But here's the whole piece here. If you were waiting three hours, okay, so here's the question. Was it your, was it your takeout order? Were you in the restaurant eating and they didn't bring you your bill? Let me tell you something. If I'm done with my, my meal and you ain't brought my bill, hell, if I'm waiting 45 minutes, we just going to bounce. That's on you. You can't bring the bill. But these yeah. people... Let's just be real clear. People like somebody said on YouTube, Corona Karen. People <laughs> like her, 
They look down on workers at restaurants. And this is a society that, that looks down on nurses, that looks down on people at grocery stores. They don't speak to them even in normal situation. But now these are the people who you got to have. Because, see, if you're behind standing outside that door, no, I, I, I need the red lobster people with a good attitude. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, the video, there was a delay on the video, so I, I couldn't get my arms around what the dispute was, but apparently they've been waiting a long time. But then why did she attack the black woman who was working for Red Lobster? Well, because the I sister, mean, the sister was the first one to push her out, say, you got to leave. So obviously she was acting a fool on the inside of the restaurant. Right. And so the sister Tiffany threw her, say, no, you got to go. You got to go. T turn the audio up, turn it up. She's like, you got to go. And so right. they push up because she obviously acted a fool on the inside. You see, you see the white guy in LeBron James jersey trying to step in to keep uh -huh. the sister from, from swinging on her. And all of a sudden, here it comes. Turn it up. And then she swings. I want my money refunded. They said we'll do it. It'll take five minutes. Right. And that's when she hits the sister in her face. I'm telling you right now, that sister in the blue shirt named Tiffany should straight up, should have, I, I, she should have called the cops and filed charges on her. Exactly. She exactly. slapped that, she slapped in her face. Like the super white privilege goes in overdrive. You know, the, the white privilege says I'm better than everybody else, let alone people, black people or brown people. And then there, there, there are those of us or those of who, who don't look like us who begin to take on this police mentality because of, because of their white privilege. And this is manifesting manifestation of it right here. You remember the, the, the white guy in the McDonald's or the fast food that grabbed the black sister from around yep. uh, who was in front of the uh, cash register and the, and, the, and the sister started whipping his ass? Uh, it was just like, well, why did you grab this 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 sister who's on the other side of the counter helping you? It's like this ownership mentality or superior mentality, uh, and the, and they're not the police, but they act like the police, and then they want to call the police because somehow they think they're superior to you. It's a mentality that is they're trained in their homes, trained in their environment, but it is yeah. not reality. It's this fantasy on their part, Aye. and this. This section of your show, you could keep this going for 10 years because it always manifests itself. Hey, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm warning people, y'all going to see a lot more of this because mm -hmm. these are the people who are out here at these damn rallies demanding uh, stuff open up because they can't handle the, the world we're now living in because their privilege is you're going to do what I say when I want you to, when, when I say it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, look, I'm just warning y'all in advance. I'm telling you. It happened in mm -hmm. Seattle. That that homeless white dude rolled up on that brother who worked for FedEx, and that brother knocked his ass out. He died. He died when yep. he got knocked out. Look, I'm just trying to tell you. I'm just trying to warn y'all. Okay, I'm trying to warn y'all. Don't act a fool because it ain't gonna end well. Scott, mm -hmm. Lauren, Mustafa, I appreciate it. Always been good. Uh, thank, thank you for joining us today on the panel. All right, folks, when I, I, I go into a uh, break right now, we come back, uh, we'll talk with comedian Buddy Lewis. I know he got something to say about Corona Karen. That's next to Roll Barton Unfiltered.
You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, y'all. It's Wall Now Wednesday time. Every Wednesday, we, of course, we have comedians on the show. Uh, and today, uh, we felt sorry for faux comedians. So welcome Buddy Lewis to the show. Hey, Roland. Well, so I, uh, we wanted to welcome comedians. Uh, you, you really got... You, you, you really got the golf towel. You really got. I'm, I'm, I'm quarantining in my house. <laughs> your quarantine. First of all, is that a golf towel? Is it a dish rag around your mouth? It's both. It's a homemade golf towel mask. <laughs> that 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 that's just pitiful. That's just pitiful. I, I, I know you had uh, something to say about Corona Karen. Man, first of all, it's Cheese Biscuit Betty. All right? <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. I understand why she was upset. I do get it. I understand why the white woman was upset. I, I, listen, if you order Cheese Biscuits, you want them hot. <laughs> Look, ain't nothing worse than a cold cheese biscuit. Why, well, <laughs> I <And> lobster. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but but I'm telling, but that sister, when she when she smacked in us in her face, Tiffany went to a whole new level. Hey, hey, listen, hey, let me tell you something. I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Roland, but every time white folks start getting their ass whooped, they start asking questions. You, you ever notice that? <laughs> What's going on? What, what, what is this happening? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you should have been asking them questions <laughs> before you got your ass booked. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why. They start asking questions. I don't understand what makes somebody think if I spit on you or I swing on you, nothing going to happen. Hey, man. Hey, I, I don't know where these white folks get that from. I don't, you know, especially when they when they swinging on people people of color. I'm I'm gonna tell you something, man. You, you I'm gonna tell you. Did you see the one where the where the chick was on the bus with the with the white with the white girl? Oh yeah, I, I'm looking for the video right now. I'm looking for it right now. I'm looking for it right, dog. Knock, knocked her. And she she had the she had the crazy eyes too. She had the... Dog. When I say she, when I say she knocked the hell out of her, I, look, man. I, again, I, I just keep telling these people, man. Look, if, if y'all, uh, I'm saying, look, we got this segment especially for these crazy people who are out here swinging on folk, uh, and 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 they want to become, they want to become YouTube stars. Yeah, you about to become a star because we gonna play that video every time. I tell you, you need to you need to slap them. So many people getting the privilege slapped right out their ass, and that's that's what you need. I, I'm telling you, man. A couple. I'm, I'm telling you something. I, I I I'm all for you know. I'm all for re, revisiting uh, public slappings as a way to uh, you know <laughs> as a way to uh, com, you know combat you know white folks calling police on people. You know, if you call the police on people. And, and they're not doing nothing, and the police get there. I think we should go back and have public slappings, where you can just 
<laughs> you could just come and like, come on, lady. No, but not again. Yes, again. Come on, get you. Hey, you man. I don't quite. Public slappings. I don't quite understand uh, what, in, what in the hell is wrong with these people. All right, as a comedy writer, can, what, what can you find, what humor can you find in coronavirus? Say again? As a comedy writer or an alleged comedy writer, um, what uh, humor can you find? Can you find in in coronavirus? Oh man, come on, man! First of all, I'm gonna tell you what's. Do you know what they should do? They should let all these people go out and, and catch coronavirus. Do whatever you want to do. Open it all up. I say let these white folks have all of it. But the re but then, if you get sick. You you gotta go right back to where you went to get your health care. So <laughs> if you wanted to get out and go to the go to the gun shop, I hope they have uh some some ventilators at the gun store. If if you wanted to go out and you wanted to go to, to, to Applebee's, I hope they have uh some some IV bags at the at that at that restaurant for you to use. Cause you shouldn't be able to take up other people who got sick on the humble trying to do right, but you want to be, you know, you want to, you want to get out there and you got stuff to do. Well, get your health care from where you got stuff to do. See, that's all you got to do. <laughs> I tell you what, when you tell a person you got to go to the Waffle House to get <laughs> to get some health care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, that's why I say if they want to all hang out together and then just uh, uh, lose themselves. Going right ahead. Going right ahead. Okay. Go right I, I, ahead, I, I, man. And I, you know what else I'm tired of, Roland? I'm tired of these dumbass conspiracy people, too. I, you know, if, if someone else sends me another conspiracy theory about what's going on, I'm like, first of all, brother, you got to understand a conspiracy theory is really just for an ignorant-ass person to come up with an excuse for something they fear or don't understand. Yeah, that, that, that's 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 Donald Trump and Obama. That's Donald Trump and everything. That's Trump and Obama Gate. Yes, exactly. How Obama got anything to do with this? He 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 sitting home going, uh, Michelle, you 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 see this? <laughs> you see this fool? <laughs> First of all, Trump too stupid. Trump is just so stupid, man. I, I I don't get it. And anybody playing that much golf can't be doing nothing. I know, because I play golf. <laughs> Here's he, he he my biggest, here's my biggest deal. My biggest deal is you got to be a fool to admit you voted for fool, for that fool. Listen, hey, and 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 now, Roland, all of these people that didn't want Obamacare. Now they sitting with they with, with looking around asking somebody to help them with their health care. I'm like fools. You 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 had an opportunity to to to, to get in, and, and, and especially some of these senators now who are watching all of their people in their districts dying from COVID. And it's like, where are they gonna go? Who's gonna pay for this? Hey, you see, if you would have had some Obamacare, you might have been able to take care of this. But I say, if you didn't want Obamacare. And you get COVID sick, I think you need to go back wherever it is you were going to originally to, to try and find some health care or whatever it was you were trying to get instead of having Obamacare. Go there and see if they can take care of your ass. That, that's what I'm saying. 
I, I tell you what, some of these people going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be a doggone shame when you have to go to uh, uh, the Cracker Barrel to get, <laughs> when you got to go to the Cracker Barrel to get you some, uh, <laughs> get you something that'll, uh, a, a, a virus, uh, you know, a, a vaccine at the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I, I don't get these crazy people. I don't get them. Nuts. Uh, Doc, uh, they, uh, no, no. How about the fools who were outside demanding they reopen the gyms and they were doing push-ups and sit-ups? And I'm like, you know, you know y'all are doing that not in a gym. You, you don't and, need and a you, gym you, open to do some push-ups and some sit-ups. You, you, you can do that at your house. <laughs> <laughs> These fools were outside. They were outside on the sidewalk exercising <laughs> to demand you, know, you open the gyms bro i'm telling you if these fools want jobs lifting stuff why don't you go volunteer at the hospital with no mask and throw them cadavers in the back of trucks you, you, no 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 how about the people complain about stuff not being open at rallies with masks on yeah, bro this don't make no sense. That's 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 why stuff not open, cause you gotta you gotta wet. I I, I, I insane man. I, I can't. I'm, with I'm sick of these. I'm, I, I'm about sick of these COVID people. I you know you know they 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 got enough energy to uh, walk down to a courthouse in March. <laughs> Hold up, with gun. With a gun. Yeah, so so let me tell you. Uh, I saw one dude, this fool had an anti-tank missile on his back. I'm like, how often are you encountering tanks in your neighborhood? Well, well see, that's what I say. They should use that as, as tissue as, as, as tissue. Blow your nose with that gun, but make sure you pull the trigger when you do it. <laughs> Bruh. These people are something special. They something special. Buddy Lewis, what's your cash app? Hey, man, uh, mine is Roland B. Lewis uh, Jr., 14. Send me something. Okay, hold up, hold up. Hold, seriously, I mean, how long is that? Roland B. Lewis, 14? No, it's R.B. Lewis Jr., 14. R.B. Lewis Jr., 14. All right, I'm going to send you something because you're damn near homeless, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, you know what, Roland? You know what? And I'm going to take my $2, and I'm going to use it. Thank oh, you. oh, oh, hold up. No, 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 no. I ain't say I was gonna send two. You didn't Man, I don't get two any. I don't get two anymore. No. Come on, Roland. I'm, I'm gonna cut that two in half. <laughs> I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut that two in half. I mean, I mean, I mean, I I look, I mean, you thought you thought you did two dollars worth of comedy? Now you did by 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 dollar. A dollar? <laughs> I, I, I take my dollar. I take my dollar. <laughs> All right, buddy Lewis. I, 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 you know what? Send me the dollar, and I'll beat you out another dollar when you come play golf. You know that's not gonna happen. You know it's oh, not it's gonna happen. Gonna, it I mean, you know it's not gonna happen. I mean, buddy, 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 do you really want me to show? Buddy, do you really want to show the video on this show of me outstepping you on a golf course? 
Do you really want me to? Do you, but, but, do you but, buddy, 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 do some Trump fake news on that video, buddy. You know, doggone well. First of all, people, everybody has seen it. We posted it out there. It's on social media. You couldn't even do a three sixty turn. You did a you did a one eighty. Roland, why don't you tell the truth that I had already done? I had already stepped. Where? You put it out. Wait, wait hold, hold up. This is a new one. You step where? You you set out a I set out a hop, Roland, and then you turned on Atomic Dog, and then we did another one. No, that was the first. No, 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 no that was. See, y'all. Y'all, right now, buddy, y'all, buddy Lewis right now is imitating Donald Trump. He lying. Y'all, buddy lying right now. And see, luckily we luckily we have a witness because Chris Spencer was the one shooting the video. And the reality is we had not we had not hopped before. You know what? That video picks up like like this video. You don't see what happened inside the store. You're picking up the stepping as it as it like like it, 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 was, it was just like that video. Chris started videotaping after they got out the store. That's that's the reality of what the video. Buddy, buddy, buddy. We were not in a store. We were on a golf course. What? See, right now your lie. See, buddy, your 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 lie your lie is breaking down before our very eyes because you say in a store and. No, 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 no. I said it's like the video in the store. I'm saying that video that we have is not showing just like the store doesn't show what happened on the inside of the store. That doesn't happen. You don't see the pre-step before we get to the stepping. You don't see that I already set out a hop, which made you go, I can hop better than you, which means you turned on the music and then we set out another hop. So I had done two. So I was already better than you because I had done two hops. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the beginning of the video. Oh, he ain't gonna put on Atomic Dog because Buddy's don't make. I said, you think I'm worried? Now, Buddy was hopping. The problem is, Buddy can't step anymore. Shit, Buddy actually hops. He gonna blow both knees, an ankle, all this sort of shit. So let me, since he old and he an Omega, let me show Alpha so that's how to do it. Buddy. Give him that kick, buddy. Y'all, y'all see that? Ah. Uh, y'all see that? Uh, see, he can't speak again. Uh, he's uh, hot. He's uh, hot. Uh, he stopped uh, halfway. Uh, because he can't. He gonna go something. Nigga, y'all kicking mud all on my face. Don't let the alpha turn you out, buddy. I told him Alpha's his daddy. Fuck that. You know what, Roland? <laughs> we gonna have another step off. Oh! Oh! See, see right there, y'all. Right there. When somebody say we need another one, that man got the ass whooped that time. Yeah. See, buddy. No. Problem <laughs> is, buddy. I'm just gonna prove. No, I'm just gonna. I'm just not gonna have a pre-step before the step show. That's all. That's all. That's that's what I'm saying. That how it is. That's all. That how it is. That how it is. Yeah. That, that how it is. Cause see, right yeah. now you you really mad. You really mad because you got busted lying. You were sitting here lying. 
You were sitting there lying. And see, what you didn't realize, you didn't realize the video started at the beginning of the conversation. See, you thought the video started, like, in the middle of... Mm-hmm. Rolling. Go, go ahead. Is, bro. I had already set out a hop because Atomic Dog was playing. Then you said, let me show you how to do it. See, right it. there. Y'all, y'all. Let's do it now. Ladies if and gentlemen, music, ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, I told y'all you should never trust these lying omegas, cause that, that that's because matter of fact, buddy, don't even don't even trust the lying omegas, cause right there, y'all, he lying, he lying. But buddy, I'm a I'm gonna leave you with this one, buddy, cause see, I ain't right. I ain't quite sure you can do all this. Hit it. You can't flow like that. The only thing you can acknowledge that you are similar to that is your first name is Roland. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> I think I'm done. Y'all, y'all, uh, get, get, what's your cash app again? Because, see, now they're going to feel sorry for you and send you some money after you got your ass whooped uh, all up on the show. Gone. Whatever. What R. is it? R.B. R.B. Lewis Jr. 85? 14. What is it? 14. R.B. Lewis Jr. 14. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please send Buddy some money to his cash app in order for him to go. How do you roll? In, in order for How him, in order for him to go get a massage, in order for him to be able to spin a 360 like that. Uh in order because he because right his hips are tight. The knees are tight, and he can't really, he can't spin like that. Cause you, cause th this is how Buddy spin. Ah, ah. He gotta spin, he gotta hit it twice. Ah, ah. He can't just spin once. He can't, hey, boom. He can't do it. He can't do I it. Had on, first of all, I had on some great cleats. That's another thing. I had on golf cleats. Uh, kind of hard to spin in golf cleats. Just for everybody watching, my ass had on some spikes too. They just happen to be you black and gold. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, y'all. Let, let, let me just, just thank you very much, uh, uh, buddy, uh, faux comedian Lewis. I appreciate that. Uh, you embarrassed Howard University tonight. Uh, all the Howard Bison out there, uh, all the Howard Bison are saying he went to Hampton. All right. We out. You, oh, <laughs> now you, now, oh, you, oh, oh, now you're cutting low. Now you're cutting below the belt. <laughs> And I know you. I know you can't reach too far below your belt. <laughs> First of all, you don't even own belts anymore. Get off my phone. You don't even Bye, own boy. belts anymore. You got all expandable oh, Hagar shorts. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. All right, y'all. We gonna end the show here. We gotta show uh, the people who have given uh, to us uh, via uh, our cash app. Where you going? The show ain't over. Where you going? Me? I ain't going nowhere. And we done with Buddy. How she just gonna walk out of here? Girl, no, she didn't. Did she really? Kenan, Kenan, uh, Anthony, hit up with the camera. Put camera four on uh, Camila. 
She better walk her ass out like the show over. <laughs> right there, where you go? What? That's my cash app. And she also went to Howard. What the hell is that with y'all Howard people? We the bison. We the bison. Okay, you, you, you gonna, know. Y'all, 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 you know what y'all gonna be? Y'all gonna be unemployed. What? You gonna be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> she hey, gonna be. Bison can find a job. She gonna okay? be calling Buddy bison Lewis. Get a job. Yeah, not with that bison one. Gonna get a job. Yeah, not with that one dollar. Not with that one dollar on your cash app. All right, here are the people contribute to our uh, Bring the Funk fan club. Buddy didn't because he broke. Shout out to Amy Lewis. Bev not <laughs> ain't no relation to Buddy Lewis. Amy Lewis, Beverly Hunt, Claude Brown, Curtis Jones, Demarcus Streeter, Demario Green, Dominique Black, Eunice Haynes, James Rivera, John Wilson, Jonathan Roberts, Catherine Daniels, Keith Joseph. LaShawna Hardy, Laurie Steiger, Loretta Johnson, Margaret Grooms, Melba Pete, Mildred Pittman, Myra Campbell, Nelson, uh, uh, Igene, Pamela Shervington, Quintina uh, Bogani, Reginald Wright, Richard Bailey, Richard Bird, Russell Celestine, Sylvia Terry, Trading for Profits LLC, Virginia Mucker, Wayne Lockett, William Morris. If y'all want to join our Bring the Funk fan club, all you got to do, go to rollermarkunfiltered.com, cash app, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal, you got the number right there as well, paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered. And of course, you can mail us New Vision Media in Inc. 1625 K Street, North NW for Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. You can also give right there on YouTube. All right, folks, I got to go. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Teddy Riley, I had to have some dinner work. That's why he didn't join us today, so we're trying to reschedule him for Friday. All right, I'll see y'all. Yes, I'm representing my man, Jackie Robinson, Brooklyn Dollars. That's the only way you see me wearing any jersey other than the Astros. I got to go. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.